Dear listeners, I'm Lauren Conlon, and before you embark on this investigative journey with me, I want to offer a sincere word of my acknowledgement and gratitude. When I, as the host, first set out on this path, I was admittedly very green. I lacked the seasoned expertise and finesse that comes with experience in investigative podcasting and reporting. However, Every story has a beginning and an ending, and this podcast represents the start of my own investigative odyssey. So as you dive into these episodes, you may notice rough edges or moments where my inexperience shines through, but please know that every stumble and misstep has been a crucial part of my learning process, and I've embraced each challenge as an opportunity for growth and improvement. So I want to express my heartfelt appreciation to each and every one of you who was stuck with the story despite my imperfections because Grant's story is important. So your support and patience have been invaluable as I've navigated the complexities of investigative podcasting and your feedback, whether constructive criticism, words of encouragement, or maybe something that wasn't so nice has helped me and helped shape this podcast into what it is today. So without further ado, here is Corruption, What Happened to Grant Solomon. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Corruption. What happened to Grant Solomon? I'm your host, Lauren Conlin. 
Last week, Scotty Hughes, I just loved everything that she had to say. I thought she was really spot on with so many of her observations. So for everyone that provided me with some positive feedback and just feedback in general that I could use, thank you so much. And thank you so much again to Scotty. So for today and for this week, I've got a lot of big picture stuff that I want to discuss concerning Tennessee and the churches in Tennessee. And I will eventually tie certain parts of this back to Grant and Gracie. But first, I I want to read an email from a listener or part of it with their permission, of course. And this email just gave me that that feeling that you get, that pit at the bottom of your stomach. And I won't, I won't lie. This case has had me tossing and turning more nights than I'd like to admit. I had posted a few months ago, myself leaving Rudy Giuliani's house after discussing this case. And, and he had said, Hey, Lauren, be careful. And he said this on the air. And then I recapped it after and and the freedom for Gracie Instagram account also posted me saying this. And I just got so many messages and they were just like, be careful. What do you mean? Be careful. I mean, I think it just goes, it goes without saying when you are talking about alleged corruption and alleged cover-ups like this, it can be scary. So I do want to say to this person who wrote the email that Nancy Grace is 100% working on this case. She is. And the Luna Shark media team, they are also working on this case. They are just going at a slower pace. So I don't feel especially alone And neither does Angie Solomon, especially with all of the support that she has around her. Quote, Dear Lauren, thank you very much. I wish I could do something for this family. It seems like the people involved in this alleged cover-up go very high, and that's easy to see. I worry about this family so much now. I know that Angie is determined to expose everyone involved, but with the governor allegedly involved, how safe are they? It seems like you are the only one willing to work hard to expose this case, but this can't be. Why won't other media outlets or podcasts get on this now? It really can't wait. A child is gone under very suspicious circumstances. The families and friends have told the courts the truth. What the hell? I do admire you for trying to expose this, but then I also worry about you. I am a Christian also, and I believe that any narcissist can fool a lot of people in church. I've seen it happen. These people are smart and very evil, but children should be heard first. What can I do to help? I wish I could hold Angie and let her cry, but she isn't going to rest until this is exposed. End quote. And just so everyone knows, I've put the GoFundMe and the change.org petition to sign in the episode notes. I guess it's been a while since I've done that, but we have a lot of signatures for DA Whitley. Not sure that that's going to matter, but once again, if you want to help, sign that, donate something, or tell your local media. Just spread the word. 
And the fact that Governor Bill Lee, his personal pastor and advisor is Steve Berger, and the fact that Steve Berger somehow seems to be intertwined with this, per the brave reporting of Alex Willis when he was at the Williamson homepage, I mean, I'm sure that that has just made Bill Lee never want to touch this case, among other reasons. But yeah, publicly, he would get eviscerated. So moving on, I want to share, before I get to the meat of the episode, like I always say, I want to share that the FBI are searching for a man that they believe to have raped a nine-year-old girl in 2011 in Franklin, Tennessee. He's 55 years old, and his name is Eluterio Suarez. Don't make fun of my accent. You can check the episode notes for his picture. He was or is a taxi driver, and I believe he's Mexican. If you've noticed, Tennessee loves to call out Mexican or Spanish pedophiles. There is never any kind of cover up there. Let me tell you, they're always like, yeah, this guy did it. That guy did it. Um, but yeah, that just really, really ugh, made me sick. And I wanted to just put that out there for people to be aware of in case they weren't. So, all right, let's get into it. I am not discussing this particular topic on the podcast today to be controversial. This topic is really difficult and I am tying something back to Grant and Gracie Solomon, but again, I do recognize how sensitive this topic truly is. Last week, November 7th, a podcast host released the manifesto of the Covenant school shooter, Audrey Hale. Now I know from briefly messaging someone at the school and then seeing some of the media that followed statements from the victim's parents, they were incredibly devastated that the manifesto was leaked and I cannot imagine how they felt. I mean, it must have been like reliving that god-awful day over and over again. But what followed on the other side, and what I mean by the other side, is the other side of Twitter and media outlets, and even something my guest last week, Scotty Nell Hughes, brought up, is that there was an alleged cover-up of abuse at the Covenant Presbyterian Church in Nashville, and that's the church that founded the Covenant School. And that's a very similar situation to GCA and Grace Chapel, where GCA isn't run by Grace Chapel, but it was founded by the same team of people. So Scotty brought up this alleged cover-up of sexual abuse in the church and at the Covenant School. And I'm going to replay that clip right now. Because of what's happened with the Covenant shooting that happened a year ago and all the lawsuits and special sessions yeah. called to, to limit gun control, limit gun rights in Tennessee, all of that riffraff. But you go back to the initial church and we find out that, guess what? There was abuse happening in the church around the same time that this young, that the shooter was attending the church that right. she's in school there. And so then all those people go, oh, wait a minute, there was abuse at the school? Yeah, it was covered locally by some in the media, but it was later on. And it was done really, really quietly. But there was, there was several girls that were abused at that church, in that school, at the time that the shooter was there. 
So once again, you have a horrible incident that happens, but then you go back and you realize, well, that's a little coverage, but there was a horrible thing that happened years before that was able to be swept under the rug that unfortunately, like dominoes, leads Mm. to possible horrific events down the road. And so if you're reporting and you're digging into what's going on in Grace's Chapel or what's going on right now in Franklin allows us to prevent a major tragedy from happening down the road. And Scotty was right. I did start looking into some of the alleged abuse that was allegedly covered up, and everything I'm about to discuss, I source in the episode notes. It's not a secret, but I did briefly hear about this abuse or this possible cover-up back when the shooting initially happened, but I think your heart is just, or I know my heart was, it's just so heavy and you feel so incredibly badly for the victims and the parents of the victims. It almost doesn't feel right to go back and say, well, was the shooter abused? Because yes, obviously that would be God awful and tragic, but innocent children were just murdered by this person and you don't have any excuse for doing that. So as a mother myself, I'm like, no, 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 no. This cannot even be talked about right now. Not at all. But I guess here I am uh, a year later because a lot of this does pertain to the case at hand, the Gracie Solomon case. So this alleged abuse at the Covenant School and at the church, at the center of it, is a man named John Perry. John is friends with former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee, and he was a ghostwriter on Mike's 2008 memoir. John Perry also helped write the Rachel McAdams movie The Vow, among many other projects. Well, John Perry also was allegedly a founding member of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Nashville, and he was accused of molesting a girl at the church and quite possibly the school as well from when she was 11 years old to 14 years old. Now, BuzzFeed News' Andrew Kaczynski reported on this in 2015, and here is the statement that he got from the Nashville police on this matter. Quote, The alleged sexual battery was reported to have occurred when the victim was between the ages of 11 and 14. As a result of the investigation, the allegations of sexual battery were sustained, but it was determined that the statute of limitations had told, barring prosecution. The victim was age 18 when she first disclosed the allegations to non-law enforcement and said at the time she did not want the matter reported to the Tennessee Department of Children's Services or the police, end quote. That poor girl was probably petrified and traumatized, and I don't blame her. I also want to add that BuzzFeed reported that John Perry's wife divorced him and that she, quote, filed for divorce as a result of Mr. Perry's inappropriate marital conduct to which he admitted. And inappropriate marital conduct appears to be a euphemism for the alleged molestation. Now, related to this, 
a former parishioner of Covenant Presbyterian, Austin Davis, filed a lawsuit against the church for allegedly covering up this abuse by Perry and others in 2014. I'm going to quote directly from BuzzFeed again. In an affidavit submitted as part of his case, Austin Davis claims the accuser told him that she had been molested between the ages of 11 and 13. In Davis's court case, he presents what he alleges are minutes from Covenant Presbyterian Church meetings that show Perry resigning from the church in 2008, and then minutes from 2010 showing that Perry was excommunicated from the church because he had confessed to committing heinous and repetitive sin and had not shown evidence of repentance. The minutes appear to be have introduced as evidence in one of Davis's lawsuits against the church, and the church does not appear to have objected to the introduction of the minutes or contested their authenticity, end quote. This lawsuit was not upheld in court, and allegedly, even though the abuse was sustained, Perry could not be charged due to the statute of limitations, which I don't know that to be true, due to something called the Mann Act, and that's M-A-N-N, which is a federal law that criminalizes the transportation of any woman or girl for the purpose of prostitution or debauchery or for any other immoral purpose. I'm truly not certain if that would apply to this, but I just wanted to throw it out there if someone smarter than me could look into it. The DailyMail.com was also able to get a quote from John Perry in 2015, and it said this, quote, Thank you for getting in touch. I haven't read the BuzzFeed article, but have heard about it. I don't have anything to say for the record, but will tell you that the person behind it has been pursuing a vendetta against his former church for years, and this story is one of the means he has used. Having failed there, he has evidently turned his attention elsewhere. I will tell you that whatever private difficulties there may have been, the parties involved were reconciled and restored years ago, for which I thank God every day. End quote. Hmm. Reconciled and restored. You guys can interpret that how you will. I know exactly how I am interpreting that. And yeah, it's always God with these guys, right? They want to thank God. No, he wants to thank God that he's not in prison. Now, Austin Davis, he never gave up trying to expose all of the alleged abuse, the alleged cover-ups and corruption from every angle. And now this is where Grant and Gracie come in. Austin Davis wrote an email to Attorney General Jonathan Skirmetti in August of 2022. He heard about what happened to Grant and he watched Gracie's video on YouTube. He asked Skirmetti if he was still planning on meeting with Melanie Hicks since allegedly Skirmetti postponed the first meeting they had planned. And then he asks them if he's heard about the alleged cover-up of Grant 
and what happened with Gracie and if he knows anything about it. Davis also mentions an attorney by the name of Larry Crane. Larry Crane, that name. Crane acted as John Perry's attorney, and Crane was also the attorney for Grace Chapel. I'm just pointing that out. What a small world. Now, Davis also noted that Skirmetti never rescheduled that meeting with Melanie Hicks, you know, Angie's best friend. And this is all available on the website, thesilentbell.org. And to clarify, the information about Larry Crane being John Perry's attorney and the attorney for Grace Chapel, that's all over the internet, but you can actually see an email copy of Austin Davis's email to Skirmetti on that website. But back to the alleged abuse at the Covenant School and Church. So the BuzzFeed article about John Perry and the young girl he allegedly molested came out in 2015 when she was already 18. It stated that the abuse took place when she was aged 11 to 13 or 14, which would mean that it started possibly in 2008. The Covenant School is K through 6, So Audrey Hale would have been at the school and the church in 2008 as a sixth grader, and I am ballparking this based on an NBC article linked out where a teacher remembers teaching Hale as a third and fourth grader in 2005 and and 2006. So I did a little more digging on the timelines and I came across this thread on Reddit. And of course, I've also linked it out, but I'm going to read you a part of it. Quote, I attended the Covenant School. I also went to church there for a while. The SA allegations are 100% true. I'm sad to say. Long story short, the church leadership and very influential, powerful members of the congregation sheltered an elder who was molesting kids. A member of the church tried to whistleblow and involve authorities, but he was blackballed and disgraced from the congregation. It wasn't until many years after it happened that he was vindicated and the pastors involved in the cover-up are no longer affiliated with the church. Important Disclaimer The leadership of the church and the school were entirely separate. While they operated under the same roof, that's about where the similarities ended. Needless to say, none of that justifies what happened to innocents who had nothing to do with any of it. As an addendum, I neither speculate nor imply the shooting and the cover-up are connected. I leave that judgment call up to the investigators. I shared all of this to simply vouch for the truth, especially given it was denied and suppressed for too long. End quote. Then someone asks, what years did this occur? And the user writes back, quote, pretty hairy on the timeline, but I want to say circa 2004 to 2008-ish. And then someone else echoes, yes, 2008, end quote. And my gosh, nothing, nothing is justified for murdering innocent children. I will scream that at the rooftop. I mean, nothing. 
The fact that allegedly all of this was swept under the rug, this abuse, and Austin Davis was and is fighting for these kids and fighting to put these these criminals essentially behind bars and that nobody is listening is heartbreaking. And again, Davis mentioned Grant and Gracie, and he mentions them a lot on his website. I'm not insinuating anything. I just encourage everyone to dig into this yourself. I provide a ton of links on this week's episode. One last observation that I want to make for today is that Marsha Blackburn is an active member of the Christ Presbyterian Church, per her government website, and per the church website, her husband Chuck serves as a deacon there. And now that church has made headlines of its own. November 13th, 2023, when lead pastor Scott Sauls was forced to resign over accusations of a toxic and bullying culture. The congregation voted on November 13th, 2023 to accept his resignation. And according to the Tennessean, he acknowledged wrongdoings and even made a confession during an executive meeting. No details have been released to the public and no word publicly from Marsha. She's probably too busy filing a subpoena for the Epstein flight logs, which look, we all want, but very, very weird timing, Marsha. You've had a long time to do this, and I don't understand why you're doing it now. But before I go into further detail on that, I just wanted to note that Marsha Blackburn's church, Christ Presbyterian, has made headlines this week for negative reasons, for all the wrong reasons. And I can't say I'm surprised. But back to the filing of the subpoena for the Epstein flight logs, I want to point out that another woman already did this in 2020. Her name is Denise George, and she's the former attorney general for the U.S. Virgin Islands. She subpoenaed 21 years of Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs on the Lolita Express. Now, I'll refresh your memory. According to the National Post in 2020, quote, Two of Epstein's former pilots have already cooperated with this investigation. David Rogers, age 66, provided logs from 2009, which allegedly show that Prince Andrew, Bill Clinton, Kevin Spacey, and Naomi Campbell were those among who traveled on Epstein's jet. Investigators last told the New York Times that Larry Fisaki... Epstein's chief pilot, who so-called chartered the Lolita Express, had been cooperating, although they did not say whether or not they had received his flight logs, end quote. Now, keep in mind, that was just a couple names from 2009. We have a lot more to go. But I want to tell everyone, if you didn't already know, Denise George was abruptly fired in January of 2023, from her position as attorney general in the U.S. Virgin Islands after her office sued J.P. Morgan Chase in federal court in Manhattan, New York, for its dealings with Jeffrey Epstein. So let's see. Hopefully, Marsha doesn't get fired over this. I mean, gosh, something tells me that she won't. (laughs) 
Oh, okay. I know I was a bit all over the place for this week's episode, but there were just so many things I wanted to point out as the bigger picture here. And I really wanted to point out how all of these churches and these people just seem to be intertwined. So thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of Corruption. What happened to Grant Solomon? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.